You're on right now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5.0 radio network and streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. Or shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. You can call in and leave a voicemail that we can use on the broadcast at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Oh, man, what do you say about that re-election campaign rally last night in Orlando, Florida? You know, there's a reason Trump fills up these arenas and has standing room only in the parking lot, big screens in the parking lot outside. It's because uh, these rallies are like nothing we have ever seen. Trump really is a highly charismatic character who knows how to entertain a crowd. And uh, and really, he has combined the world of um, reality entertainment with um, with politics as no one has ever done before. And the Democrats have played right into his, his strength by becoming totally unhinged, engaging in this Russiagate hoax, in this uh, over-the-top effort to defeat his, uh, his Supreme Court nominee, or, um, uh, Brent Kavanaugh. And, uh, and they have just given so much fodder for the president to feed to his base at these rallies that, uh, that, like I say, it, it is a uh, campaign rally like you will never see before. And it has really become uh, quite an event at this most recent campaign rally. The, the venue, the Amway Center, is uh, designed for 20,000-seat capacity. He had about 25,000 in there last night because they put uh, seats on the floor, obviously. And he had thousands and thousands of other people that could not get into the arena in the parking lot watching on giant screens in this party atmosphere where they had food trucks and tailgating. And, you know, they may have actually had more fun outside than they did inside the arena. And you compare this at the same time the media is telling us that, uh, you know, the top five Democrat um Nominees could all beat Trump in a general election, and yet we see their front runner, you know, schlepping around to these high school auditoriums, not even able to fill them up. When Trump, by comparison, fills up these huge arenas and has standing room only outside, they had more people waiting 40 hours ahead of this event in the rain to get into the Amway Center then Joe Biden is able to to uh, actually produce at one of his campaign rallies. And we're supposed to believe these pollsters who got it so wrong in 2016 that Trump's in trouble and that, uh, that the Democrats, including Biden, Sanders, Warren, Kamala Harris, and Pete Buttigieg, would all beat Trump 
in a general election. I'm not buying it. I wasn't buying it back then when Trump was filling up these arenas three and four times a day while Hillary Clinton was barely able to get a couple of hundred people for one event and then she would return home and not to be seen for a few more days. Energy and enthusiasm turn out votes. And voter turnout is how you win elections. This country right now is about 50-50 divided. Um, it, it may not be that bad because a lot of people have just uh, were just uh, uh, disillusioned from the electoral process and stayed home. Trump brought many of them out for the first time in decades. And uh, there's every reason to believe that he'll do so again in 2020. But man, what an event. What an event. Um, you know... I got to admit to you, I'm a little uncomfortable seeing our uh, our politics reduced uh, to uh, actual entertainment events. But when you consider that uh, the, the position we're in with the uh, Democrat Party gone full Marxist, full Marxist, Joe Biden will either have to do one or two things. He will have to run way to his left, become, you know, uh, a Marxist himself, or he will be defeated because that is the heart and soul of the Democrat party at this point. When you consider what the Democrat party has become, you're just grateful that, uh, that, you know, we have a candidate like Trump that's able to do whatever it takes to defeat this and turn it back and at least give the traditional America a fighting chance. So more than 120,000 ticket requests came in for the event in Orlando. As I said, it was a 20,000-seat Amway Arena. They put 25,000 inside because they put chairs on the floor. And you had this huge overflow area out in the parking lot with basically a day-long party, a celebration. Food trucks, live music, jumbotron screens. And Trump, Trump took to the stage and did not disappoint. Our country is now thriving, he opened with, prospering and booming, and frankly, soaring to incredible new heights. Our economy is the envy of the world, and our future has never looked brighter or sharper. The fact is, the American dream is back. It's bigger and better and stronger than ever before, and that is the theme that will, I believe, win him re-election. People vote their pocketbooks, and after going through Oh, man, about a 30-year-long malaise where uh, wages for working-class people were stuck while the people at the very top um, raked in the dough. They are not anxious to go back to that. And the Democrats are out, out there on the trail telling you that, oh, this tax cut that the president shepherded through, oh, it benefits the rich. Well, what it does is it benefits corporations. And corporations were fleeing this country in droves because of the uh, highest tax rates in the industrialized world. We were charging corporations 35%. And they were leaving. Trump brought that number down. Jobs poured back in. Manufacturing poured back in. And it's all a cause and effect relationship. And the truth of the matter is, these corporations, many of them, are uh, are businesses that people's people are invested in for their retirement funds. So it's not rich people 
that are that are benefiting by this tax cut disproportionately. It's uh, it's working people who now have more jobs, higher wages for the first time in thirty years. We've seen an increase in working people's wages relative to inflation, and there's just a lot, a lot to be really enthusiastic over. So I've got uh, I've got a lot of clips, and I want to play you. A lot of them are, uh, are not directly policy-related, but uh, really Trump telling his narrative of what the Democrats have been engaged in since uh, the 2016 presidential election, putting that in context with what we could expect from them if they were to win the presidency in 2020 and really just uh, just going over, you know, uh, put as I say, putting everything that the Democrats have been engaged in and their frenzied effort to keep Trump from being elected with the Russiagate hoax and then try to take his presidency down and de- deny the American people the, um, the electoral outcome that they got. So this fir- first clip I'm going to uh, play for you is Trump uh, describing exactly what the Democrats are up to. The Democrats don't care about Russia. They only care about their own political power. They went after my family, my business, my finances, my employees, almost everyone that I've ever known or worked with. But they are really going after you. That's what it's all about. It's not about us. It's about you. They tried to erase your vote, erase your legacy of the greatest campaign and the greatest election probably in the history of our country. And they wanted to deny you the future that you demanded and the future that America deserves and that now America is getting. Our radical Democrat opponents are driven by hatred, prejudice and rage. They want to destroy you and they want to destroy our country as we know it. Not acceptable. It's not going to happen. Now, that might sound a bit hyperbolic, but when you look at uh, actually what Trump's saying there, he's dead on. What the Democrats are engaged in is a win-at-all-cost, scorched-earth campaign to fundamentally, as Obama said, transform the character of this country over the people's objections. And the people saw what uh, Obama was up to in his second term, and he saw, or the voters saw, the insider dealing for the Washington establishment, both both parties engaged in it. And they took this historic opportunity to elect an outsider, someone who was, uh, was not a politician that had never held political office before, who had the ability to fund his own campaign because he was a billionaire and was not beholden to the usual campaign donors that, uh, that you know, insist that the first thing these candidates do if elected is break all their promises that they made uh, to the people in order to get elected. This next clip I'm going to play you is Trump pointing out the hypocrisy of the Democrat Party. 
This election is a verdict on whether we want to live in a country where the people who lose an election refuse to concede and spend the next two years trying to shred our Constitution and rip your country apart. You remember during one of the debates when crooked Hillary said, if I win... Are you going to support me? Isn't it amazing that it worked the other way around, right? Isn't it amazing? That truly was hypocritical, the Democrats. Uh, they they um, uh, almost turned on a dime calling Trump a would-be dictator and a, a, a fascist because he said that uh, when asked whether he would uh, support the election results, that he would have to look at whether or not there were any, was any corruption. And in fact, there was corruption. There was massive, systemic, pervasive corruption by the Democrats in the election. And yet Trump won anyway. And then these same Democrats that decried Trump as a, as a, a would-be dictator turned on their heels and started accusing Trump uh, of winning unfairly and... Um, <laughs> I mean, the hypocrisy is so great, you can't even, uh, you know, it's hard to wrap your mind around it. And Trump returned to some of the themes of the the last two and a half years, where it was revealed that Hillary Clinton, in fact, was a multiple uh, felon, committed multiple felonies in violation of the uh, Espionage Act by setting up a private server to... to, uh, to transmit highly classified emails. And you all always have to keep in context why, in fact, she did that. It's because she was engaged in a massive pay-for-play operation when she was Secretary of State. She would grant favors to uh, foreign officials, many of them from uh, dictatorships hostile to America, in return for millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in campaign or in, in uh, contributions, not campaign contributions, but in contributions to the so-called Clinton Foundations and the Clinton Global Initiative, which were just glorified slush funds for the Clinton political machine. Here's what Trump had to say about Hillary last night. You want to know how the system is rigged? Just compare how they came after us for three years with everything they have versus the free pass they gave to Hillary and her aides after they set up an illegal server, destroyed evidence, deleted and acid-washed 33,000 emails, exposed classified information, and turned the State Department into a pay-for-play cash machine. 33,000 emails deleted, think of it. I keep mentioning, you know, there was a lot of corruption on the other side. But, you know, the simplest thing, they get a subpoena from the United States Congress and they decide that they're not going to give it. So, Lindsey Graham, they delete and they acid wash, which is very expensive. Nobody does it. They acid wash those emails. 
never to be seen again, but we may find them somewhere deep in the State Department. Well, I don't know if you'll find them in the State Department, but if you really want them, the NSA has them. And they're available, along with all of our other email, if Clinton operatives, excuse me, haven't actually gone in there and deleted those emails, which very well may be the case. The president referred to acid acid washing. It's actually bleach bedding. And why, if these uh, 33,000 emails, as Hillary Clinton claims, were just about uh, wedding plans for Chelsea, where they spent $10 million of uh, Clinton Foundation money, ill-gotten gains on her wedding, why, if they were just about the wedding plans and yoga, as Hillary Clinton claimed, would they have gone back and bleach-bitted that information? Why were they so desperate that those 33,000 emails never see the light of day? I can tell you why. Because those were uh, emails were coordinating between Uma Abedin, setting up meetings with Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State, with people who wanted favors out of the U.S. government and the State Department, at the same time accepting huge campaign contributions to Clinton's foundation. An absolute pervasive corruption that this woman engaged in. Jim Comey investigated and gave her a pass, took it upon himself to to announce that she would not be prosecuted, despite the fact that it was never Jim Comey's responsibility or authority to make that decision himself. Trump went on about this very topic. The Democrats don't care about Russia. They only care about their own political power. They went after my family, my business, my finances, my employees, almost everyone that I've ever known or worked with. But they are really going after you. That's what it's all about. It's not about us. It's about you. They tried to erase your vote, erase your legacy of the greatest campaign and the greatest election probably in the history of our country. Okay, I messed that up. (laughs) I botched it, Jimbo. Uh, That was a repeat of one of the clips I played earlier. Here is the the clip where Trump is putting into perspective the treatment by the Department of Justice and the FBI of Hillary Clinton as opposed in letting her go with obvious and multiple serial violations of the Espionage Act while at the same time pursuing uh, a case against Trump based on uh, campaign opposition research. Here's how Trump contrasted that uh, that treatment. Can you imagine if I got a subpoena? Think of this. If I got a subpoena for emails, if I deleted one email like a love note to Melania, it's the electric chair for Trump. <laughs> there would be... Weeks and weeks of coverage in the New York Times and the Washington Post. Donald Trump deleted an email. What was in that email? Could it have been actual conversations between Trump and Putin when he was trying to build a tower in Moscow? We must know. We have to get to the NSA and get the contents of this email. Hillary Clinton did 33,000 times. Compare that to how they treated Paul Manafort. Oh, Paul Manafort lied to the FBI. 
Put him in jail. Send him to Rikers Island. How about Michael Flynn? Oh, Michael Flynn, you spent 30 years protecting this country, but you had a slip of the tongue when you were talking to FBI agents who did not bother telling you, by the way, that you were being interviewed in a criminal matter, and we're going to send you to jail unless you flip on Trump or George Papadopoulos. We still don't know what George Papadopoulos was supposed to have lied about. He was set up by Joseph Mifsud working for John Brennan, either that or MI6, so that they could justify a FISA warrant so they could snoop on the Trump campaign. But Hillary Clinton, oh, you can't touch her. She's part of the political establishment. She is a made woman. 33,000 emails accepting bribes while Secretary of State engaged in what they're actually accusing Donald Trump of, accepting foreign interference in our elections with the dossier that's sourced from Russian intelligence sources offering disinformation. Oh, no big deal. Get Trump, get him! Unbelievable. So, we uh, uh, Trump's biggest advantage going into the uh, 2020 campaign is that he is not one of these crazy Democrats. It would be nice if we could return to a politics that was more, uh, what should I say, <laughs> political in nature, less entertainment in nature. But we can't. Because the Democrats are a existential threat to the United States, and Trump pointed that out last night. Whereas he uh, he beat Hillary Clinton because she was so obviously and patently corrupt and tied in with the Washington establishment. Here is Trump's case against the Democrats in the upcoming election. Just imagine what this angry left-wing mob would do if they were in charge of this country. Imagine if we had a Democrat president and a Democrat Congress in 2020. They would shut down your free speech, use the power of the law to punish their opponents, which they're trying to do now anyway. They'll always be trying to shield themselves. They would strip Americans of their constitutional rights while flooding the country with illegal immigrants in the hopes it will expand their political base and they'll get votes someplace down the future. That's what it's about. That is exactly what it's about. Build that wall indeed. It's being pointed out, um, and I'm going to play you a clip of Mike Pence a little later, that uh, the, the Trump administration on its own, along with the cooperation of Mexico and now Guatemala, have done more to protect this country's borders than the Democrats who are determined, absolutely, deathly determined 
to flood this country with a new electorate. Mm-mm-mm. Trump wants a earthquake at the ballot box. And remember, the only thing these corrupt politicians will understand is an earthquake at the ballot box. That's what they will understand, and they're going to see it. We did it once, and now we will do it again, and this time we're going to finish the job. Let's finish the job. i got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Don Jr. and Mike Pence. You're going to hear two commercials while we're gone, and stick with us on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Still paying hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Let's change that. At Zenni.com, our factory direct model means no middlemen or outrageous markups. Just the same quality frames and lens options as the other guys for one-tenth the price. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit Zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Man, that, uh, that rally last night was something else. Politics like we've never seen it before. Trump has really turned up the intensity from his campaign of 2016. And this promises to be a slugfest between the forces of good. Mom, apple pie in the American way, represented by Donald Trump against the Marxist leftist Democrats who are determined to turn this country into what the, uh, something the founders never intended it to be. They want Marxism. They want socialism. They're against free enterprise. They want to turn us into a socialist utopia that history has proven again and again will ultimately lead to Venezuela-type situation or Cuba or the former Soviet Union. The problem with socialism, as Margaret Thatcher so um, famously pointed out, that eventually you run out of other money, other people's money to give away. And in this globalist uh, economy, the businesses that you rely on to rape and pillage in order to pay for a guaranteed minimum income, free health care, free tuition, all of these other promises 
They'll just pick up and leave. The goose that laid the golden egg will leave. You'll have destroyed the work ethic in this country. You'll have destroyed the free enterprise system that um, that the broad midsection of this country uses in order to put a roof over their family's head and food on the table. And you'll be left with people eating out of trash heaps and fighting in the streets over limited resources, just exactly what we're seeing in Venezuela right now. And I hope these, uh, these PACs that support Trump will step up and really make that case. Joe Biden is the frontrunner on the Democrats because the establishment is desperate to unseat Donald Trump, and they think that Joe Biden may be able to take us back to a more reasoned um, form of politics, but that's never going to happen. One, because uh, Joe Biden himself is a, a towerly, toweringly corrupt um, politician himself who is beholden to China. China would only have to drop a dime on him, and the, the quid pro quo that was generated when they gave $1.5 billion in business to his son, Hunter Biden, after uh, Hunter Biden accompanied Vice President Biden on that uh, state visit to China. He's corrupt in his dealings with the Ukraine. He, he is a typical swamp creature who's been in Washington over 50 years. And uh, Donald Trump Jr. was absolutely dead on last night. When he stepped forward to um, to point out exactly what Joe Biden represents, I hear brilliant guys like Joe Biden. No, no, no! It's wonderful. He gets up on the stump. It's so stupid. <laughs> well, you know, to his group of about four people in the audience. The government has failed you, usually as he's groping someone. It ain't pretty, but there's something off with that guy. But government has failed you. I go, wait a second. Joe, I actually agree with you. Government has failed them. The problem is, Joe, you've been in government for almost 50 years. Joe Biden. It's not rocket science. What was the good one last week? Remember, Joe Biden comes out. Well, if you elect me president, I'm going to cure cancer. Wow. Why the hell didn't you do that over the last 50 years, Joe? It's a big deal. I think it's wonderful. Our beautiful friends in the media, no one even questioned him. No one bothered to ask the question. They just take what the Democrats say. Listen, they're liberals. It's okay. They take what they say. They publish it as though it's fact. They pretend there's no, you know... Why did not one of them say, well, Joe, how exactly are you going to do that? And why didn't you do it in the last eight years as vice president and the prior 40 years in government and the Senate? I mean, you know, 
seems like a reasonable question to ask. But no, no, no. If you're a Democrat, you get the pass on everything. You get a pass on everything. A, a Republican would never be allowed to get away with the pure bull that Biden is spouting on the campaign trail. Here he was in Iowa promising to cure cancer. I promise you, uh, if I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes in America is we're going to cure cancer. So Don Jr., who is an absolutely fabulous uh, surrogate for the campaign, and I hope we'll have an opportunity one day to vote for, uh, he, he has talked about running for mayor of uh, New York City. That would be a disaster. But I'd love to see him perhaps on a national ticket at some future date. I'm not terribly excited about Mike Pence's um, ability to hold and and um, and persuade a crowd. I think he's a good man. He's a good vice president so far. I'm not sure that uh, he's the kind of candidate that we need to succeed Donald Trump in uh 2025 but maybe don jr or or, um josh hawley of missouri could step into that role josh hawley of missouri is building himself up as the inheritor to the mantle of uh, nationalist populism and uh, i hope he continues to do that but pence uh pence took to the stage to introduce the president actually, uh, Melania Trump introduced him and was uh, warmly received by the uh, the crowd. But Pence uh, gave a speech before Trump, and here is one of the outtakes of that. We've supported Customs and Border Protection. We've stood by the courageous men and women of ICE. And thanks to the president's stand, Mexico has done more to secure our border in the last 10 days than the Democrats in Congress have done in the last 10 years. I got to believe that the border is just going to kill the Democrats. You know, even the Democrats that uh, thought they were all for open borders are starting to pay the price in these sanctuary cities because the borders have been flooded, largely as a result of the poison pills contained in that omnibus uh, budget that uh, Trump foolishly signed. And those uh, those cities are now being flooded. They're They're being ruined. And I think even the Democrats are going to get sick of this. And uh, by the time the election rolls around, say, you know, really, we do need to secure this border. And the Democrats are absolutely committed to keeping it open. One of the things that came out yesterday (laughs) that is going to be highly entertaining to watch, you know, Trump beat the Democrats to the punch. Their debates they're going to actually have two debates of 10 candidates each begin, <clears throat> I think, next week, maybe the week after that. So we're going to be presented with this uh, this clown car of Democrats. And the pre- president has announced that uh, he is going to live tweet these debates. And that is going to r- really bring the entertainment value to it. So while these uh, these candidates are up there promising to keep the borders open and give away free stuff, that's what the Democrat um, primary has really become all about. Which candidate can, one, 
support impeachment against the president the most uh, vigorously, and two, and most importantly, give away more free stuff. And that's why Elizabeth Warren is on the rise, because she has taken Bernie Sanders one step further. Bernie apparently is um, is being way too moderate in his embrace of Marxism. So Elizabeth Warren has decided to take it one step for- further and is issuing all these uh, these position papers offering to give away even more free stuff than Bernie Sanders is willing to give away. But uh, the Wall Street Journal reported that uh, the president plans on live tweeting the debates, saying, Mr. Trump, even from a remove, always promised to be the most important figure in the Democrats' debate. Regardless of the specific debate questions, many Democrat voters will be listening for how each candidate plans to take down Mr. Trump. Interacting with real time on Twitter would make Mr. Trump's presence more tangible by directly inserting himself into the political conversation unfolding on the stage. His post will provide instant responses as well as insights into which attacks he feels most acutely. (laughs) What it's going to do is expose the the, uh, cynicism of the Democrats and how much um, they're willing to destroy this country in order to return to power. So uh, I mentioned when that uh, debate occurs, it's going to be in about uh, about a week. On June 26, the first 10 are going to come to the stage. That'll be Cory Booker, Julian Castro, 2%, Bill de Blasio, 0%, John Delaney, 0%, Tulsi Gabbard, 1%, that a candidate as articulate, attractive, and well-reasoned as Tulsi Gabbard is only getting 1% traction in the Democrat Party uh, in this day and age tells you how far off the deep end they've gone. Jay Inslee, governor of Washington, campaigns on, uh, on doing away with fossil fuels. He's all in on the Green New Deal, 0%. He'll be on the stage on June 26th. Amy Klobuchar, I think she's at 2%. Beto O'Rourke, also 0%. He was big uh, for for the uh, campaign in Texas against Ted Cruz. Not doing so well now. At 0%. I am tied with Beto O'Rourke for the Democrat nomination for 2020. At 0%. Tim Ryan, a representative of Utah. Who the hell is he? And Elizabeth Warren, she's going to dominate that night on June 26. Because she'll get all the questions and everybody else will be put in the position of trying to respond to her. And she'll be offering to give away free stuff. And Booker, Castro, de Blasio, Delaney, Inslee, Gobachar, and O'Rourke will be put in the position of uh, trying to one-up her on giving away free stuff. So the American people watching will say, well, I have to work for a living. Why Why are you going to take money from me and give it to everybody else? On the second night, June 27th, Michael Bennett, senator from Colorado, 0%. I'm tied with him too. Joe Biden, the big hitter. He's going to be 
the target of all of these other Dems trying to tear him down so that they can get a step up. Pete Buttigieg. I think he's uh, polling about fourth. He'll be on there doing his Alfred E. Newman act, trying to contrast himself with Biden. Kirsten Gillibrand, also at 0%, a senator from New York at 0%. She is a cynical politician who went from representing a rural district claiming to be a supporter of the Second Amendment and somewhat uh, conservative socially, going all in now on open borders, abortion, um, full-term abortion, and gun confiscation. She'll be there along with Kamala Harris, the senator from California who slept her way to the top with Willie Brown, will be um, you know playing the race card. John Hickenlooper, former governor of Colorado, he'll be promising to bring uh, drug legalization to the nation like uh, he did in Colorado. Also polling a zero percent. Bernie Sanders, he'll be uh, he'll be going directly at Joe Biden. You're not you're not uh, far left enough. You're not Marxist enough for the current Democrat Party. Eric Swalwell, how did he get on the stage with Joe Biden? <laughs> Eric Swalwell, are you serious? Zero percent made a name for himself. You know, being this unhinged impeachment advocate for CNN and MSNBC. Marianne Williamson, a self-help author and favorite of Oprah. She's actually polling higher than Eric Swalwell, Kristen Gillibrand, John Hickenlooper, or many of these other establishment Democrat candidates. I guess she's probably going to sit cross-leg on the floor and, uh, and recite a mantra. And Andrew Yang, the former tech executive that uh, that really broke the dam for the Democrats in going all in on socialism by promising a free minimum income to every living, breathing American in the country. That broke the dam and allowed uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and the rest of the uh, the leftists in the Democrat primary field to to promise that as well. So on the tech, second night, that's going to be the big hitters. Biden, Sanders, and Kamala Harris, and Pete Buttigieg. I don't know if you're going to be able to watch all this. Uh, it might be entertaining to watch just to listen to Trump's live tweets responses, but other than that, it's going to be pretty predictable. Impeach Trump. And vote for me, I'll give you free stuff. But Joe Biden's going to have a very, very difficult time getting through all of this because uh, he's got a 50-year record to run on, and it is not something that is in the mainstream of the Marxist Democrat Party anymore. The only way he stands a chance is to completely repudiate himself, grovel and apologize, and maybe promise to cure cancer. <laughs> Oh, my God. Biden voted for the Iraq war. So, you know, even if you even if he gets the nomination, he's going to be another Hillary Clinton, low energy, completely co-opted by the swamp. 
with a long history of voting for things that the American people don't want. I've got a clip here from the run-up to the Iraq War, the foolish invasion and occupation of Iraq, where Biden is justifying his vote in favor. The president, Mr. President, the resolution now before the Congress similarly is clear and more focused than previous drafts. It is not perfect, but it acknowledges the core concerns that Senator Luger and I and others raised and which have been raised by such senators as Hagel and Specter and many others. Considered in the context of the president's speech this week and his address last month to the United Nations General Assembly, this resolution, though still imperfect, deserves our support. And let me explain why. I don't want to hear it, Joe. You were always going to vote in favor of the Iraq war because the military industrial complex would not support you in any of your future campaigns if you voted against it. And can I just take a moment of personal privilege here? I've taken a lot of flack on email for um, for for a pushing back on this notion that these attacks in the Persian Gulf were somehow false flags oper- operations and not committed by Iran in order to try to push us into a war with Iran. People seem to have lost the idea of projecting American power without actually invading and occupying a country and staying there apparently forever as we are in Afghanistan and Iraq. The United States has legitimate interests and we have a powerful military. And every time we use that military does not mean an all-out war. An invasion and occupation is required by the Constitution to be authorized by the U.S. Congress. The Congress has the power to declare war, but the president, as the commander-in-chief, has the authority and the power to use the military in order to protect our national interests, short of an invasion and an all-out war. And there are acts of war that do not constitute actual war. If a naval vessel that has already uh, demonstrated hostile intent approaches your naval vessel and refuses to turn around, you should blow it out of the water. And if that naval vessel, in fact, attacks America's interests, you should target the source of that naval vessel and disable that as well. Every use of the military does not constitute a 15-year-long quagmire the way Clinton and Biden and or Clinton and uh, Bush and Obama drug us into these uh, these quagmires, there is a legitimate use of military force short of war, invasion, and occupation, and the president absolutely should use it. And while the the uh, the people that are opposed to these foreign misadventures may be shell shock by the results that we've seen from the neocons and the war party and the military-industrial complex it does not mean we have to prostrate ourselves before the mullahs in Iran and take whatever abuse they want to dish out. I don't know when the whole model of war turned into we had to leave people better off than we found them. In Afghanistan, for instance, we should have bombed the hell out of them, killed Osama bin Laden, 
packed up our bags and left and let them deal with their own issues. The same in Iraq. If they were determined that there were, in fact, weapons of mass destruction in Saddam Hussein's Iraq, we should have targeted those, destroyed them, and never gone in with a ground force invasion. That's pure foolishness. But Biden voted for it, just like Hillary Clinton. You know, the reason uh, Barack Obama was elected president was largely because he voted against the Iraq invasion. Donald Trump was against it. But Joe Biden was for it. And if he gets through this Democrat nominating field, then he's going to have to answer for that. So the other day, I pointed out this, uh, this article in the New York Times that was saying that, um, that the U.S. Uh, military had implanted um, hacking malware within the Russian electrical grid that's designed to disable that grid. Now that is, if you were to go in on, uh, and, and disable a country's electric grid, you have, in effect, declared war on their civil, uh, civilian population because the food system, the water, uh, the water distribution system, hospitals, Everything in a modern society relies on that power distribution grid and electricity. So by making this announcement and linking this to the New York Times, one of these deep state operatives, probably in the intelligence agencies, maybe somebody we recognize like Comey or Clapper or Brennan, have basically um, declared that we're uh, preparing for an all-out war against Russia And at the same time, they said that the president was not informed of this. That is a chilling reality. The person that the people elected to go represent their interests is being undermined and not informed of hostile actions being conducted by our government against a nuclear-armed foreign power. And they're saying they can't trust the president. No, no, we trust the president. We sent the president there. We don't trust you. And there's uh, been recently an article published in the Washington Monthly, and it is designed to frame this whole issue, and it is exactly as I had um, speculated on yesterday's show, and that is, This is a shot across the ballot of the Trump administration because Bill Barr is now interviewing CIA agents with regard to the origins of the Russia probe. And this article in the Washington Monthly goes into that so that uh, they can lay out the case for exactly why they did it and what they expect the, um, the result to be. Bill Barr wants to know more about the CIA's activities in this. And in response, the CIA is um, is compromising the president's position with regard to his upcoming summit meeting with Vladimir Putin and saying that they are engaged in activities without uh, that, that have life and death consequences while saying that they are not informing the president. These are some ominous 
developments. Indeed. Well, have you, have you heard that uh, Facebook now plans to have its own currency? So not only do they know everything about you, the millions and millions of people, hundreds of millions of people, billions of people that are on Facebook, but they want to have their own currency so that they can tie all of their information on your private details with your buying habits. I'm going to play you a clip real quick here as the show draws to a close. This is Leo Laporte on his weekly show, This Week in Tech, talking about this development. Facebook might reveal it as early as next week, although they don't expect it would be happening till 2020. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, they've got deals with Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, uh, that they will, in fact, uh, be, you will be able to pay for Ubers with Zuckbucks. But here's the thing that's a little scary. Uh, a number of uh, companies, crypto companies, this is from a story on Coindesk, have turned Facebook down. And the issue, it says, based on conversations with seven knowledgeable sources, Coindesk confirmed Facebook's plan is to, con get this, get ready, connect users' financial information to their personal Facebook profiles. Of course. What of course. Could they want to be WeChat, wrong. right? They, they want to be WeChat. Yeah. The, they want to be, yeah. they want, they want to be essential to life. They want to be part of every transaction you make every moment of your life. And you all know, the time. I dumped Facebook and Instagram in August. I haven't, I don't miss it at all. But if, if suddenly Zuckbucks are the coin of the realm, <laughs> I might have to go back, right? Well, you will have we to We don't go accept back. anything but Zuckbucks here, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where's your Zuckbucks? No, I don't take those yeah. greenbacks. What are those for? Zuckerberg has already proven himself to be a malign actor, a negative influence, censoring uh, opinions with which the leftists in Silicon Valley disagree, shutting down debate, They turned over the entire data profiles of, of everybody on there to the Obama administration. They've got a political agenda, and now they want to take control over our currency. They want to replace U.S. currency with Zuckbucks, the so-called Libra. We're going to have more about that story in the upcoming episodes. I'm going to get an expert on here to talk about it. And that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us. And I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Talk to you then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more.